Football Podcast. I'm Paul Stoltz, former professional kicker who spent way too much time in the offensive film room. And I'm Anthony LaFreary, an award-winning sports reporter and cowboy fan who has officially embraced the tank for Trevor. You know, you guys are only literally one win out of being the division leaders and making the playoffs, right? In the crazy mixed-up world of 2020, winners are losers and losers are winners. That's all I can really say right now. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. So uh, we decided to make a change in our format real quick. Obviously, today, of course, is our waiver wire episode. Uh, We made a decision to now release three episodes every week and not consolidate the waiver wire and trade episode into one. So now uh, our waiver wire episode will be on Tuesdays. You'll get that for 15 minutes. Our uh, trade target episode, buy low, sell high, will be on Wednesdays. On Saturdays, we will still continue to release our 15-game and 15-minute podcast. And, of course, every Sunday at noon Eastern time, uh, Anthony and I go live together, and we answer all of your start-sit questions. I think that was a pretty useful session today, Ant. Uh, I thought you had some good insights. We had about 20 people come on and ask questions. And, you know, one of the questions I thought you nailed was, uh, do I start Juju Smith-Schuster or Chase Claypool? And, and I think the, the media narrative right now is, oh, my God, Claypool this, Claypool that. But you said, no, look, Juju Smith-Schuster is the possession guy. He's much more of a safety blanket for Roethlisberger. And in a game against the Titans, he's going to want to rely on, on Juju more versus a big play threat like Chase Claypool. So props to you, man. I thought that was a, a ballsy call. Thanks, man. And I got to give you some props, too, because you picked – of all the weeks to pick a stack for Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, you picked Devontae Adams' career game. So job well done there, my friend, especially with our favorite game manager, Aaron Rodgers, coming back strong after that bad week. Uh, you, you nailed Deontay Johnson, too, so job well done there, too. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that, that lineup that we, gave, that we recommended to everybody, um, that w- would have won money if you entered that verbatim. I think you actually would have won 40 or 50 bucks uh, entering it on a $20 lineup. So uh, we we try to incorporate as much DFS, daily fantasy stuff as we can as well. Uh, lastly, before uh, we get started with, with our episode today, um, at FCK Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. Our website is www.fckpodcast.com. And if you haven't already hit that subscribe button, please go ahead and do so. It will notify and alert you whenever we come out with new content. So Uh, This episode consists of two parts. The first is we'll do a quick rundown from the weekend, and then Anthony and I will cover our top five waiver wire ad recommendations for the week. So, Ant, let's hit them first with our rundown. Battle of undefeateds. Deontay Johnson was the hero here in his return with two touchdowns. Uh, Your Cowboys, man, did not look good this week, as you know. The guy here was Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson went over 100 yards. Uh, Josh Allen had an okay game. Jets gave them a little bit, a little bit of a struggle. Uh, Cole Beasley, 11 catches for 112. Marquez Callaway ended up being the uh, reception leader for the New Orleans Saints. And DJ Moore, of course, had two long touchdowns. Uh, Green Bay, Devontae Adams was an absolute animal. And uh, Deshaun Watson just keeps playing from behind, and he'll get you those garbage points. Burrow was fantastic again. Baker Mayfield, five touchdowns. <laughs> What can we say about the Atlanta Falcons? They just know how to blow games during uh, <laughs> the accidental touchdown, right? Tom Brady spread the ball around incredibly well. Joe Burrow, uh, not Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert 
put up 39 points on the lowly Jags, although James Robinson still had a good game. New England, as you and I predicted, was able to do nothing against San Francisco. And Kansas City put up 43 points, but not in the conventional way, mostly through their defensive prowess. All right, Ant, we are now on to our waiver wire section of the week. As we have now separated our waiver wire episode with our trade episode, we are now afforded a little bit of extra time to talk about some of our nominees that we didn't put in our top five, but we were considering to help out some of you guys that are in deeper leagues. So I'll start with a couple nominees that I thought of that, again, did not make my top five. Uh, the first of whom is a player you and I have talked about for a while is Nelson Aguilar, who literally couldn't catch a cold when he was in Philadelphia. But now that he's with the Raiders, he seems to be getting some sort of role there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is somebody that we've had uh, on both of our lists at different points throughout the year. Uh, what we see now is that Devo Samuel is getting more of the underneath stuff and getting more of the handoffs that Ayuk was getting in the first four weeks without Samuel. Samuel is now going, uh, sorry, Ayuk is now going downfield, and he in turn had over 100 yards receiving for the first time in his career. I think that'll continue moving forward. We got to address the Cleveland Browns, right? Uh, Odell Beckham is now out. Here's some guys that could, first of all, monitor that situation throughout the week, see how long he's going to be out. Rashard Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones are the two guys to consider there from the wide receiver standpoint. I also considered uh, their two tight ends, David Njoku, who I know you've talked a lot about and you really like, as well as Harrison Bryant, their rookie. Yeah, Njoku to me is the most talented of their tight ends. Yep. And lastly, look, Michael Pirine, look, Frank Gore, we call him the ageless wonder, but I don't know if he's the ageless wonder because he looks aged when he runs. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so uh, LaMichael Pirine was the last guy off my list. I don't know if you have him on yours this week, but they've got to at some point say, look, we got to give LaMichael Pirine a full shot here. And he scored his first touchdown this week. So, Yeah, you might see him in my list. Um, I'm going to hit you with an honorable mention of my own real quick. And it really pains me to say this. I'm going to need your support. I don't even know if I could get it out, but <laughs> Buster Mayfield. Ooh. I, it really bothers me. I don't like him, but the fact of the matter is he's played in seven games this year. He scored 14 or more in five of them. He's got some pretty good matchups coming up. Um, I think it's, it's, isn't it like uh, the Texans and the Jets or something like that? Two out of his next four. I, I looked, I happened to look at, the, at his schedule yesterday because I dropped Baker Mayfield <laughs> yeah. in order to pick up Jamal Williams in my league after Crowder got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, he's worth – listen, as a super flex or a backup, he's, he's worth an ad. He's worth an ad. And maybe even worth a start with those particular matchups. Yeah, I, th I think you're saying the right thing, Anthony. In the matchups where he plays in Atlanta, you got to start him. It's a, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But if, if unless you have a better option, of course. Yeah, yeah. obviously, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Ant, uh, let's hit him with you uh, with our five through two. You go mm -hmm. first, five through two, then I'll go five through two, and then we'll exchange uh, number ones. Well, I kind of feel like you know who I got in advance because number five, I've got Nelson Algalor. He scored fourteen or more points, <laughs> fourteen or more points in three straight weeks. He's just emerging in a proper role. In Oakland, he's found his niche. 
And now he's going to become a reliable flex and maybe even a wide receiver too there. Number four, I've got Rashard Higgins. Odell, I, I hate to see it, but it looks like he's going to be out a long time. That's the early word. Higgins went six for a buck ten in his stead. So you got you to at least take a flyer on him and see what happens. Number three, naturally, LaMichael Pirine. <laughs> um, dude, he's gaining momentum each week, number one. And it, he kind of reminds me, he's in the poor man's DeAndre Swift Stoltz situation. He's stuck behind a running back that's older than topsoil, that's a Hall of Famer, but the Jets, like the Lions, don't realize it's 2020. <laughs> you know, you, you should use the younger, more talented player especially when you're 0-7 and you should want to figure out who your studs are going forward and who you can build around. He should be getting at least 65% of the touches. And he's been gaining momentum each week. So maybe they're heading that way with RoboGase. I don't know. And yeah, then, absolutely. And then – That's uh, a great one, Ant. Yeah. Thank you. Number two, um, it's two a time, baby. Listen, I love – Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm a big believer in Fitzmagic. They were rolling. I believe he was actually ranked eighth coming into this before this happened. But I mean, two is supposed to be more talented. I think Brian Flores is smart. He's not going to go away from him unless he saw something out of Tua. And let's face facts, dude, rookies are hitting left and right now. It's now an anomaly when your rookies don't hit. And Tua was going into last college football season was supposed to be the highest end of everyone coming out. So listen, I like him as, as a super flex. I like him as a backup and I could start him in those situations, especially with bye weeks right off the bat. Yeah. For Brian Flores to literally put Tua in while Fitzpatrick is working it says that Tua, in in Flores's mind, has reached his college form. I mean, we all saw how accurate he was in college, how dynamic he was in college. And that's a decent offensive line, and he's got a lot of weapons. Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, throw it up. Miles Gaskin has proven to be a really reliable guy now out of the backfield. Mike Jasicki is a pretty good tight end that he can throw it to. I think that's – I think he's somebody worth rostering at. I agree with you. Yeah. All right. So my number five, I'm partially surprised you haven't said him yet, but part of me feels like maybe you're crazy enough to have him as your number one. Ben DiNucci. <laughs> no, not the Italian Cowboys quarterback. The Italian Stallion, the Nooch? <laughs> uh, my number five is Antonio Brown. I think it's a, a situation we just have to, to address. Do I think he's worth rostering? Yes, if you have the bench space. I saw the little film he put out. He looked okay, but you can't tell because it's not game speed with other guys going at his pace. There's a lot of options of that, of that offense, Scotty Miller and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and they're trying to get Tyler Johnson more involved, and even Gronk is more involved. But AB's good. He's worth an ad. My number four is an interesting one, and, and I might butcher his name. Albert... A Quigbunam. That's a wild name, man. So hear me out on this quick. 
first of all, he's a tight end, and tight ends can be pretty slim pickings uh, about halfway through the year. And in Noah Fant's absence with the high, high ankle sprain last week, he got six targets. Two of them were catches, and two, uh, two, there were two other targets thrown to him where he scored touchdowns, actually, and they called it back, right? I keep seeing this number 85 on the field <laughs> every time I flip to that game. I mean, I, you, you, and I think you have two, and I think he's worth an ad. Let me tell you what he did this week. Seven catches, right? And I think there's a reason why in the last two weeks he's get, coming into prominence. What happened for the Broncos in the last two weeks? Two weeks. Drew Locke came back. Where'd Drew Locke go to college, Ant? Mizzou. You know who else went to Mizzou? Albert Akwegbunam. That was Drew Locke's tight end. <laughs> so I think that's why he's becoming the safety blanket there. My number three is Teddy Bridgewater, who's now shown he can be a legitimate starting quarterback. He's got the Falcons uh, this week, literally. So if you need to stream a quarterback, that's a really good option for you. And lastly, my number two, and I got to give you credit for this one, Ant, because you and I both spoke really highly of this guy in the preseason. He was on both of our draft strategy lists, higher than, than the rest of the market uh, had him. And that's, that's David Carr, uh, sorry, Derek Carr. And you, Ant, even had him on your sleeper list for your number, as your number one sleeper for uh, quarterbacks. Uh, Derek Carr had, is 13 touchdowns to two picks this year. And we saw this week against a top two defense in the league in Tampa Bay, we saw what I think is his floor, 280-something yards and two touchdowns. That's a quarterback worth starting. He, in my mind, is a top 15 quarterback now. Yeah, I, I like him too. We're running out of time here, or I would really go into a diatribe of my own about how much I like Derek Carr, but definitely, definitely worth the pickup. We're just running short on time here. No worries. The last thing I'll say on him real quick is that 70% completion percentage every week except for this one. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let me hit you with my number one because, again, we're really running short on time. And obviously it's Ben – no, it's Antonio Brown. Um, listen, dude's got too much talent and too much name recognition for you to ignore. I know he can't play until – what is it, week nine or week ten, Paul? So he can't play until week nine. His suspension is through. Okay. So, you're, so basically you can't play him this upcoming week, but quite frankly, I don't care. You can pick him up and uh, he's got trade value right off the bat or uh, Godwin or Evans are always banged up. He's going to have a role. Brady loves him. That's why he's there. And let's face it, off the street last year, one game with Tom Brady – with like minimal practice, I think it was like four or five catches for 56 yards and a score. It's going to work. It's just, it's going to work. I like it. I think it's worth a shot if you got the roster space. Yeah. My number one is Damian Harris. And I know we've been trying to figure out now what's going on in the Belichick backfield. I believe they want him to be the guy. And there are slim pickings at this point in the, in the season as far as running backs go. Damian Harris in two of his last three games over five yards per carry in the absence of Sony Michelle. I think he is going to be the go-to moving forward and 5.8 yards per carry against the fastest front seven in football, which is that of the San Francisco 49ers. 
Love that, Paul. When you can find guys like that and you can get ahead of a trend that's coming, especially with running backs because they're so scarce, that's how you win your league. So I really, really like that move. Very smart. Yeah, I agree. If you can get a running back at this point, you got to do it. That'll do it for this week's waiver wire episode. But real quick, guys, before you hit that stop button, if you don't mind, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. One, it really helps us out. It, it helps YouTube see us as a potential suggested video uh, for fantasy football categories. Additionally, it will notify you every time we release a new piece of content for you. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to us on our Apple podcast page because we're on there too. If you want to just do the audio thing, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. We are at FCK podcast. That's the way to get our last second Sunday morning game day coverage as well. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone.